This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Interesting day in the world of sports. Of course, we've got Yankees, Red Sox, and the NFL makes a major statement. We'll talk about it now. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY ninety eight underscore seven FM at Gordon Damer. It's Hardesty and Damer until midnight. Then there's Freddie and Fitzsimmons here on ninety eight seven ESPN and Jake the Snake and JP along the way. Hey Gordon, what's happening? Larry, how you feeling, my man? I'm doing good. A, a little respite for me because the Mets are off, but I know you are glued to this Red Sox Yankees battle. And if it's Red Sox Yankees, there's got to be a rain delay. <laughs> well, I would say bring on another one and let's uh, let's call it for the night. One nothing Yankee win. I will take that and uh, run to the bank with it. And uh, I don't think we're going to get it, but uh, a one nothing lead. We'll we'll keep an eye on it. Obviously, every, all these games are important. Yeah, oh, you know, no question. it would not be unlike this Yankees team to start getting people believing again. People getting get back on the bandwagon. And then something happens late. I would like a little bit of a larger lead than one nothing because as great as Jordan Montgomery pitched, I think I'd rather watch our Jake Montgomery pitch later in the game rather than watching Nick Nelson from last night. <laughs> uh, that, that's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. Yeah. And it, it, it brings me to a, a subject we'll touch on a little bit later, which is about that Yankee bullpen. But, Gordon, it happened a little this afternoon. I heard about it uh, on the Michael K show. The NFL added an additional COVID-19 vaccination incentive for players, threatening forfeits and the loss of game checks if an outbreak among unvaccinated players causes an unresolvable disruption in the regular season schedule. So our Jeff Darlington kind of sums up what this all means. Well, to me, one of the more interesting elements of it is the fact that the NFL Players Association has come forward and sent a memo to its contingency, its players, and said, that uh, really showed no, no animosity toward the NFL for this, basically saying these are similar rules to what were in play last year that were uh, collectively bargained, and basically that's, that's the way it's going to be. Uh, I, don't sense, I don't sense much in terms of, like, the NFLPA planning to put on some kind of fight to defend players that are choosing to not get vaccinated. Now, our Tim Hasselbeck says he doesn't think the stars are going to acquiesce. DeAndre Hopkins' reaction, as well as some other players' reaction, um, gives you a glimpse into a little bit when, you know, when numbers are released about, you know, 85% of, you know, these teams, you know, are vaccinated or or have reached an 85% threshold. At a time when roster sizes are 90 players, those numbers really don't matter. And they really shouldn't matter all that much to the NFL from the standpoint of if it's the five guys that truly mean something to a franchise. Like we all know that there's basically five stars on every team. Everybody else is just kind of a piece of the puzzle that is replaceable with somebody else on someone else's roster that gets cut. But there are five stars. Well, if the stars aren't aren't getting vaccinated, then the NFL's got a little bit of a problem. And so this is a bit of a glimpse. You know, this isn't Cole Beasley saying that he's not getting vaccinated. This is DeAndre Hopkins. And so I think now when you start to see this, you know, those percentage numbers start to mean less and less to the NFL. The playmaker, Michael Irvin, told 105.3 that NFL players not being vaccinated means they don't care about winning. 
two weeks out in the NFL, your season can be over. The right person out for two weeks. Your season can be over. Your season can be over. So don't tell me you really, 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 really want to win a championship and you're not eliminating this thing from possibly stopping you. It's an indication to me how much you want to win a championship if you're not vaccinated, and I don't care what anybody says. You know what, Gordon? I tell you, if you want to get any athlete's attention to get them to want to follow what you want them to do, you get the union to agree to take money out of their pocket, that'll work. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm kind of surprised. Well, maybe I shouldn't be surprised by the reaction over it um, because this is essentially kind of what the NFL was pointing at to last year. And again, the NFL is not forcing anybody to do anything. But what they're saying is, is that your actions have repercussions. If you're the reason why there is an outbreak on your team, well, then you are going to have to pay a price for that. There, you know, there are repercussions to your actions. You're free to do whatever you want, but if something happens and it goes wrong because of you, yeah, yeah, of course there's going to be there's going to be some payback for that. I don't know why anybody would think otherwise. I don't either, Gordon. And what's interesting is it's clear that the NFL is not going to be rescheduling games as they did. You not going to be many Tuesday and Wednesday night games this season if there's an issue. So it's clear they want to set forward and put it clear from the beginning. This is how we're reacting. This is what's going to happen. So this way, you know, and I think the reaction comes from the fact that the players union went along with it, as opposed to, the Major League Baseball's Players Association who don't agree with the with the you know management on anything and the NBA where the NBA is kind of a players league in a sense. Yeah, but I mean I think and I don't remember where I saw this first but I think it was a good point was that the you know the the main objective for a union any union the players association the NFL any of these unions is to provide a safe workplace. Right. For for all of its members, it's not just about the the vocal part of that that group. It's about making sure that it's safe for everybody. So uh, it's kind of mind boggling to me that given some of the other things that are injected into NFL players, mm-hmm. that this is the one where it's, uh, you know, between Toradol or who knows what other thing, you know, painkillers where certainly mm-hmm. guys have gotten themselves um, hooked on things later in their careers, after their careers are over, that this is the one where people are all of a sudden, uh, and again, not mandating it, right? right? The NFL is not saying you have to do it, but what they're doing is that they're making it uh, more beneficial to people to get vaccinated, which is a good message to send, and they're going to make it more difficult on the people who are not going to be vaccinated. It's going to be tougher on teams, because you're not gonna, you're gonna have to undergo more testing. You're gonna have to do all these different things. But again, the decision's up to you. But again, also, if things go wrong, it's also on you. I don't know. I don't. I'm not exactly sure why people thought it would be different. Because they're hearing. You know what they're hearing? They're hearing that you have to be vaccinated, and they're demanding it. That's what they're hearing, which is not what the NFL is saying. The NFL is saying it would be a really good idea if you did, because if something happens and you don't, here's the consequences to it. It's very it's very simple. And this is where I kind of disagree with Tim Hasselbeck. I believe if you're a star in this league, you you definitely want to make sure that you're covered, because if some if somebody goes down or somebody that's not 
a superstar, as, as he mentioned, some of the lower folks on, on the team, maybe special teams guy or something like that, and they get it, and you have to get games canceled, that's money out of your pocket. And as a superstar, that's a lot of money out of your pocket. Yeah, I just don't know how the NFL would ever be able to prove this, though, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's all well and good to say that, but, I mean, we've seen plenty of times. We've seen it with the Yankees. It seems like it happens every week. It's not only the people that are unvaccinated. The, there's breakthrough cases even with the vaccinated people, sure. right? You can still get COVID-19 even if you are vaccinated. So I don't know how they're – I'm assuming, you know, every team is going to have – I don't know what the lowest level is, but even the worst one would have to be right. 50% of the team or somewhere around that range is vaccinated. How you can prove that an outbreak came from more of the unvaccinated people than the vaccinated people, because it seems like even teams like the Yankees who have it's what they're over 85% or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, They're still having guys test positive. Yeah. And because the vaccination doesn't say that you won't get it. Right. It just says that if yeah. you do, you won't be hospitalized. Right. So you're, you're, you have more of a you're built up protection, just like the flu shot. Just because you get a flu shot doesn't mean you don't get the flu. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the analogy that I've heard that's the best is that, you know, if you get a life jacket when you're on the boat, it doesn't mean you're not going to end up in the water, but it does mean you're probably not going to drown. <laughs> right. Probably. I mean, you're probably not going to, you know, you're not going to have some, some major issues when you get into the water. So, um, yeah, I don't know how the NFL is going to uh, to be able to police this, but uh, I think it's a good message to send that uh, unless you have one of these very rare medical conditions, the vaccines are safe. They're, the number of people that have undergone them is, is, is growing all the time. So this is a smart thing to do. And uh, the NFL has the power to kind of <laughs> steamroll mm-hmm. their decisions. But this one is not one that I'm going to have a major problem with. And I believe that the union will step in, and if money is try if scheduled to be taken, I think they will put up a fuss there. That's where I think they'll Maybe. really. That's why I think they'll really try to stretch out. And once again, as you mentioned, it is incumbent upon them to make sure that these locker rooms are safe for their players. Right. Absolutely. And especially out on the field, and I mean they they are as close <laughs> as any sport that you that you're playing in. And for them to be in that situation, you know, it, I think it's a good step in the right direction for the National Football League. I just think it's really a reflection that people are, as I mentioned earlier, are hearing that, okay, so they're really saying that you have to do it. They're not saying you have to. They're saying it's a really good idea if you do, because if you don't, here's what happens. Right. I mean, but like anything, if you don't have if – you, if you put out something that is, um, you know – uh, we're, we're trying to encourage you to do this, but there's not any repercussions for not doing that. Mm-hmm. The chances of the positive road being taken without you having the repercussions, you're probably not, not going to go down that road, right? It doesn't really carry all that much weight. Now, if you have some sort of, uh, of punishment for if you don't follow through with what is being recommended, that's the only way people are going to take the recommendation seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Because at this point, look, at this point, if you're not vaccinated, I'd have to assume you just don't want to get it done, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's been around since, what, February, March? I mean, it's been around a while. So so maybe, you know, down the road, more people will eventually. It doesn't seem that way. I kind of laugh when I see these commercials about, yeah, you know, you should get back. Like, who, who are you preaching to? Like, I would think that you are dug in. If you have not decided to do it by now, I don't know what um, – uh, what recommendation is, is going to do it. 
but for the NFL, I think it's the proper approach to have. You can't have it like you had it last year, right? Well, right. this game's getting moved, that game's yeah, getting moved. The Broncos having that guy play quarterback who hadn't played quarterback exactly. basically since high school. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. So you have to have, you know, this is a billion-dollar industry. You're free to do what you want. But again, like life, like anything in life, your actions have repercussions. And if you decide not to, to follow the advice of, of, of just about everybody in the medical field, well, then that's on you. It is. And be prepared to pay the price. Right. It's ESPN New York tonight. 98.7 ESPN. Hardest game game until midnight. Talking about the NFL's new adjustment to their COVID-19 agreement with the Players Association. Yankees holding on to that one nothing lead. Sal Romano from uh, Syosset out in Long Island I mean, does, a, uh, does a nice job. Gets out of the inning, Gordon. Gets out I, of the I, inning. I, I mean, they, they are walking such a tightrope. They are. I mean, it's amazing that they are able to, to get out of these spots uh, because – you're telling me that the, the the big arms that are left in your bullpen, nobody can, you know, all right, you have uh, lost a lot of guys because of COVID-19. I realized there was a rain delay. Montgomery has to come out after 80-something pitches. I mean, you can't you can't ride him any longer than that. I don't know, man. It just feels like this, this, is, this is crisis time, right? This is, mm-hmm. you have to have this game. You can't blow this game. It's a one nothing lead. It's why you bring in your big-time reliever sometimes in the sixth inning because that's when the game's on the line. This is where the season's on the line, and the Yankees are relying. God bless him. He got through it. Yep. Sal Romano. Yeah. And here's the other thing. If you're worried about – we'll get to the calls in a minute. If you're worried about in the back of your mind, well, I need to have some guys for the series. I can't blow them. I need to stretch them out. Montgomery's facing J.D. Martinez, you know, lefty-righty. I don't know. I'm not a little concerned. Maybe because he warmed up again, pitch count, whatever. Gordon, you got Garrett Cole going tomorrow, am I right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. So you're not going to the bullpen. <laughs> you're not very often. You hope not to, right? I, you I, hope that you could get, you could, he could at least get you to the ninth inning. I feel like Apollo Creed in Rocky Three. There is no tomorrow, Larry. There is no tomorrow. <laughs> so that's why you should be able to go to your bullpen to your guys tonight because you know tomorrow you got your ace who can, you know, toe the line. That's why, you know, you come in here with green or, you know, you pitch him as long as you can. Like you said, you got to get this game. You need this game. You got to have any game you have a lead against the Red Sox, you have to win that game. Definitely do. Right. That's what that's where we're at right now. Yeah. With no no margin for error. None. None. 1-800-919-3776. Buddha leads us off on ESPN New York tonight. What's up, Buddha? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing tonight? Hey, Buddha. Uh, listen, um, I don't want to dodge uh, your discussion about the vaccination. I sort of agree with what uh, Gordon said. Those who are wanting to get vaccinated, I think they pretty much have done it. And those who don't, you know, it is what it is. I got an observation and then a question that kind of leads in from the observation. Now, with the observation, it's, it's about Giannis. I mean, everybody wants him to be the face of the league. Uh, I totally understand. Very humble guy. Uh, you know, he, he reaches a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds. But um, I don't know if he's going to be the face of the league. I, I don't know if it really was just that these injuries and everything shaked out really well for them. You know, things played out well for them. Even for Phoenix to even be in there, you know, it shaked out well for both teams. 
um, more interesting to me is an observation is what's going to happen with this movement of players, specifically Dame Dollar. You know, and the reason why I bring him up is, you know, the question I wanted to ask you guys was, who's your favorite athlete um, right now? You know, Dame Dollar is one of my three. I got three favorite athletes. My first favorite is Canelo, you know, the fighting man's champion. I mean, this guy fights, what, every four or five months. Love him to death. Um, second is Dame Dollar. I, I really want him to get out of there, you know, and get to a situation where, you know, he could be on a big stage. He's giving that town everything he can, and they can't put a team around him to win. So, I mean, it's time for him to go. Then my third favorite is Mahomes. So, I, you know, I can't, you know, if I had to pick between the three of them, I, I would pick Canelo because, you know, I'm a big boxing guy, and I, and I just love, like, everything about that dude. But who's your favorite sports? And I know you're a Mets fan, Lyle, and I know you're a Knicks fan. Gordon, I know you're a Dolphins fan, and I know you're a Knicks fan. But if, like, and I don't mean to use the term bad way, gun to your head, who is your favorite athlete of this current time right now? Wow. Tough. I mean, are you are you are you ruling out guys? I mean, because it's always going to be kind of guys that are on one of my teams. Do you want somebody that's not so I don't have that bias? So it's just somebody I enjoy watching, or can it be someone who's on my team? No, they can be on your team. It doesn't make a difference. Listen, I'm a Yankees fan. It's hard for me to get attached to these guys after the, after the um, you know the the, the the 90s. You know that that was a very special team. And if you really put, like, say if you were going to ask me of all times who would be my favorite athletes of all times, there's really two guys. It's, it's Reggie Jackson and then it's, it's Sugar Ray Leonard. Those are my two favorite guys. But I'm saying of this time right now, 2021, it doesn't make a difference whether they're on your team or not. Preferably, it should be on your own team. Right, yeah, that's the thing. Them, I'm always going to be you know, kind of biased towards a guy who's on my own team, on my team. I mean, I love... I love both Cole and I love Judge. Um, I love I love watching anytime Cole pitches. I'm there, uh, especially after the last you know when it, when it seemed like things were going bad uh, for him to bounce back the way he did, and hopefully he, that continues tomorrow. I like watching him pitch. Uh, I was uh, you know super pumped up when they got him, even for the price. But did you love Cole like that before he became no. a Yankee? Well, I, I was I was mesmerized by him even in Houston. Yeah, I mean, I, I I was I was definitely mesmerized by him in Houston because he I mean he went from you know a guy who was okay in Pittsburgh to this guy who was just incredible. I mean, he he really should have won the Cy Young that year. He finished second. Um, so I, I was a, I was a fan of him even when he was you know on the other team and I, I didn't want him to beat us. Uh, and then when he got to the Yankees, so yeah, that would be my guy there. Um, their guy. I mean, I like you know, there's a I like Giannis a lot. You know, he's I, I don't know necessarily that he I would say he's one of my favorite players in the NBA. You know, there's a lot of guys in the NBA that I like, but there's not anybody who uh, is like appointment television for me right now. Mm-hmm. What about you, Larry? Oh, who you got? Who uh, you got? Who's your favorite athlete of this time of this journey, right now, 2021? As you can imagine, I'm loving some Jacob Degrom right now. Yeah, as you can imagine, I, I adore watching him. And that makes sense. And that you makes know, sense. You know, uh, for because <laughs> this is crazy, but because I'm a Nick fan, I, there's not many guys. I, I can't, I can't enjoy them. <laughs> I'm too invested. I can't enjoy them. So yeah, I hear what you're saying. Me, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I can't enjoy them. So for me, uh, I would say I've been, I've really, really started to enjoy 
what Steph Curry's been able to do in the NBA, just because of his range. His range is just, Buddha Gordon, his range is incredible. It's It's incredible. I mean, he pulls up from half court. And with all due respect to, to Dame Dollar, who I love as well, but but Steph Curry, you know, he's just he, he's 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 unbelievable. So I enjoy him, and and much like you, I enjoy I enjoy Patrick Mahomes in the National Football League as well because of what his his ability to just I mean the sidearm pass, the just what he's able to do, how he's able to improvise at that game, at the game at, at a position that is very hard to do. Uh, he's so I enjoy watching him as well. So those are the top three that I really enjoy. So I've got one on my team because you know with Degrom he's you know even though I got a little agitated because he's not playing, uh, and and they keep pushing him back into the into on the field when he doesn't need to get back there right away. But those are the three that I really enjoy. You know, as a Jets fan, I'm just hoping that in two or three years I'm having this conversation again with you guys. Zach Wilson is the guy. I want him to get feels. But I'm behind him, and I, and I hope he turns out to be that good, man, you know. Yeah. But anyway, take care, guys. Have a good night. All right, all right? Buddha. All right, Buddha. Buddha, thanks for the phone call. By the way, Gordon, let's uh, take this opportunity to send our condolences to the Jets and, oh my and God, the Greg Knapp family. Yeah. What, what a terrible – he gets hit by a, by a, a car when he's riding his bike, and he passed away. That's just – oh, that is so sad. It's so sad. So uh, please, our condolences to the Nap family, the Jets family, and to all the fans who just didn't even get a chance to learn to know him, Gordon. And, yeah. and now, you uh, know, awful. he's gone. Just, just absolutely terrible. awful. It really is. Really, really is. Gordon, uh, Aaron Boone is wearing a path out to the mound here in this game. Well, look, he's not I, – I, I don't mind that. Um, unfortunately, I don't like the choices that he's making coming out of the bullpen. But, right, I mean, that's – don't be don't be hesitant, right? Like, mm-hmm. be on top. I, I would rather you be aggressive and make the decisions that you feel strongly, strongest about uh, and, and not allow it to, you know, afterwards, ah, you know what, I probably should have done this, I probably should have done that. Be aggressive. Yeah, and, and that's what he's doing. And it almost looks as though that he's trying to give the Red Sox a different look with guys they may not be familiar with. Is that his is that his process? His, uh, I don't his know if Nick Nelson's and Nick Nelson has ever faced them before, but uh, well, I would stay away from tonight. I don't care if he hasn't seen them ever before. No. You're not no. going he's not going to be he's not going to uh, be. Go God, please no. He's pro- he probably didn't even make the trip. Uh, he's probably still here in New York. I don't know. Because well, it was a four-game series, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know they made some some moves today. I don't think Nick Nelson got sent down. Sometimes they send, you know, if a guy pitches mm-hmm. a lot of innings, they'll send him down, especially if they pitch like Nick Nelson did. Yes. <laughs> and Litke uh, is the guy coming out of the bullpen yes. right now. So, yeah, you know, he's, he's got okay. a little bit of a track record. Yeah, no, look. Soft-tossing guy, you know. Yeah. You know, Lefty, we'll you know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You know, I mean, listen, so far so good. <laughs> so far, so good. That's right. the bottom line. I, you know, if the offense wants to, you know, maybe push across another run or two, it would here, be nice. That Feel would free. Be nice. Little, a <laughs> little bit of breathing room because if this stays the way it is, you'd have to assume ninth inning. Do you know who? <laughs> uh, Chad Green? No, I don't believe so. <laughs> Chad Green's exhausted. He yeah. pitched on Tuesday. They had off Monday. He didn't pitch yesterday. He's exhausted, Larry. Well, he doesn't know, but it's different for pitchers. They can they can play every day. The, the, it's the everyday players that can't play every day. <laughs> yeah, they, they got to. You can use the pitchers three, four by days the in a row. By the way, row. It's okay. by the way, yes. Aaron Boone today 
mm-hmm. I don't know if you were saving this for later, mm-hmm. said that it's a very good possibility Yes, that Giancarlo mm-hmm. sees the outfield in this series against the Red Sox at some point. Why? I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> Why I'm, here? I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly. Well, I guess maybe, uh, you know, get Why? him a couple of innings out there at some sure. point. In the weekend series of Before that you, you a get game that you the, desperately need. The Marlins need. in a couple of weeks. I'm not exactly sure. Give me a break. Sure. This is, th- that, has, that has disaster written all oh, over. Why would you do that? Why? Oh, okay. Well, it's the Green Monster. It's a short left field. He'll be right. able to handle that. No. Right. You just no. run in. You don't have to no. run back. No. It's just running in. No. I don't want him out there. That's my strategy at the LaGreca celebrity uh, softball game. If I play the outfield, I go all the way back to the wall. I take four steps in, and then I know if there's anything in front of me, great. If it's behind me, it's it's over the fence. Right. That's smart. That's a smart strategy, right? I want to do as little running as possible because the more running I do, the better chance not only do I have of dropping the ball, but also running into someone else, and the chances are it's like an athlete. Like an actual athlete, like a, a former professional athlete. Like, I don't want to run into Ken Danico. No, or Canty. That would not be good for me. No, or Chris Canty, maybe. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? I would be, forget it. <laughs> I would be on the DL or the IL or whatever for a long time. You would be. You would yes, be. It, it's, I would not it's, do well on that. No, but, but I would think if I were run, making a lineup there, Canty's at first base. I don't want him in the outfield. I want him at first base. You know, I don't really remember him ever. Uh, like, I remember him. He he was there a couple of years ago. I don't know if he's planning to attend this year. Mm-hmm. I don't remember him in the field. Usually, oh, it's. <laughs> I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to disparage my other outfielders, but generally, the outfielders are not the 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 real athletes. I got like, you. No, nobody's running around there. That you know. I generally. Got I got you. I got you. So, so just keep the ball in front of you, get it in, we're good. Exactly. That's my strategy. That should be Giancarlo. But I think, you know, if you can be a DH, that might not be a bad way to go. Like this idea that that they need to get him in the outfield, I'm not exactly sure for what. I mean, before the Marlins. Well, for the Marlins. Yes, for the Marlins Marlins series. Right. For the Marlins series, let's just gear it up for those three days or two days. I don't even know what it is. Two days, three days, whatever that is. Gear him up for those games so his bat's in the lineup, clearly, assuming he doesn't have COVID by then um, or someone else has COVID. But, yeah, you want him to be in the the lineup for that. But uh, this idea that, well, you know, throw him out there. (laughs) And if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. Yeah, I'm sure that that will be the reaction if he gets out there and gets hurt. I mean, why would you put him in that position in Boston, a series that you desperately need? Why would, sure. you, why would you put him in that? It just doesn't make it. And that, that's A. B is, to borrow a phrase from Don LaGreca, to paraphrase him, who's the DA? Who, who, who right. is the rush that you're putting in the DH that, he, that he's got to be in the field? Yeah, so, I'm not, who are you putting in instead I, of who you're taking out? I guess it's so that you could play Voight, right? Because he's had a lot of injuries. So maybe now that Odor has started to hit, Odor plays second, LeMayhew plays first, and then to kind of nurse Voight back into action, maybe you put him at the DH, but he's not back yet. No. So I'm not really sure. You know, I'm th- this is more down the road. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe... Uh, it's not even like you have um, Higashioka behind the plate and you could put Sanchez as the DH. Right. Uh, you know, are we are we jumping through all these hoops to get Rob Brantley some more, you know, some more playing time there? I'm not sure. No, that that can't be it. I mean, they that, gotta, that can't be it. They, they're scrapping together. Like, 
you know, just enough, and not even enough, like legitimate. You know, it's great that Greg Allen's done what he's done, and Floreal's done what he's done, and Lamar's done what he's done. But you know, are, are you all of a sudden now taking your most expensive position player and putting him in the outfield? So the chance that you could put, I mean, who else? I, I don't, I don't see where this, 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 this player that you want to put as the DH. So that you got to move Stanton out of there when it's clear. If you haven't played the outfield by now, they don't want you really playing the outfield. And I don't want him to play the outfield if I'm a Yankee fan in Boston. No. I, with his luck, it's, and it won't be his fault. It'll be one of those balls that goes into that corner, that tricky triangle mm-hmm. they got out there. And it's going to be you know, a situation where you're going to lose a game that way. And it's going to be, why are you rushing to put him in? Marlins, I get you want him to have two games. He's not going to play three games anyway there. Right. No, God, you, you need a break after two games standing around the outfield. You get, you're exhausted. Have you ever stood around for nine innings? It's exhausting work. It is, and they probably, they'll probably bookend him. So he'll probably play one game, have a game off, and come back and get rested up for the last game. And so, But I don't want him. In, once again, I don't want him in the field in Boston. It's tough enough. Litke's struggling a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of reliable arms right now out of that bullpen. Uh, unfortunately, even the guys who have been good and have a little bit of a track record, Britain, we've mentioned yeah. how he struggled since he's come back. It's great that he's back, but you'd like to see the Britain of old. Haven't mm-hmm. seen that yet. Litke struggled a little bit. Green even has been uh, a little gassed. So it's not like you got, you know, th- look, if the Yankees end up losing this game, it's not going to be on Aaron Boone. You got to score right. more than one run. And Absolutely. again, there's not that many available arms that are getting outs right now. You're right. You're right. Did you see Joel Sherman's article today in the Post? Uh, I don't think I did. About uh, he has Yankees should look into with trade deadline looming. Max Kepler and Alberto Mondesi with the well, idea look, of bringing Mondesi to short, moving Glaber right. back to second because his theory is that he thinks that Glaber move playing shortstop is affecting his hitting. Well, I, I would just say, look, it, it, it's I was of the belief, hey, let's give him a full year at shortstop. Uh, that's clearly he has not adapted as well as you would like. And it's not even the range. He doesn't even catch the routine balls. Like, it wasn't like Jeter was ever Mr. Unbelievable. You know, he was not Ozzie Smith at shortstop, but he caught the routine ball. He didn't make errors on the routine ground ball. You can't have that. Like, last night, the ball going through it, you just can't have that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I do think that you are eventually going to have to, you know, remove the offense and figure out a way to put Glaber back at, at second. But I would think, like, I, this idea that his defense is the thing that's impacting his offense, his offense has been, has been much worse, I think, than his defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, until this most recent stretch, his offense was the most glaring issue that he's had. So that, what I would think, would be affecting his defense even more. He's not been good at shortstop, but his offense has been so bad. If that were the actual issue, like it was in his head, it would actually be the offense affecting the defense. Uh, I, I think that that's a decision for after the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're going to, if you are, why would you make a decision on that right now when the shopping list in the off season is going to be as deep as it is? And that's, you know, that's a long-term decision. If you're, if you're moving him back to second, then he's going to be a second baseman for the rest of his career with the Yankees. Right. So yeah, no you would like to think that's going to be a long time. So then you have to find a shortstop for a long period of time. So I don't know mm-hmm. why you would pigeon, you know, try to. Uh, figure out somebody to come in and be able to play that position right now when you have other glaring areas of need. 
I mean, center yeah. field, that's a, by far a bigger it area is. of need right now. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And they uh, you don't, you're not even hearing <laughs> of any thought process about center field. Uh, for them. So, you know, we'll see what Larry, happens. if they end up making some big splash, I will be I will be shocked. Mm-hmm. You know, for all the people and all the articles, and maybe it's just because people are going to read those articles, so that's why you write them. I, I don't see any basis in reality for the, you know, you hear the name Trevor Story, you hear the sure. name Joey Gallo. Mm-hmm. If the Yankees go out and make one of those moves, it actually will be more baffling because the entire time – you have approached like the time to make improvements to the team was back in the off season. Yeah, not when there is sixty something games to go and you're sitting in third place in the American League East and you're sitting behind you know three or four teams in the wild card race as well. Like why why would you wait until now to make the the move when this has been the plan the entire time? It's interesting because now if they hypothetically made a move, and let's say they move between three games behind Boston and move into maybe a couple of games behind the first wild card spot. Does that then say to how, you know what? Okay, let's do it. They're, they're fighting back. They're showing signs. Let, let's do it. We, I know what happened. We thought they were going to be good in the beginning of the season. They're not good. They haven't been good. They've been awful. I, I blame them for it. He came out and told us it's mm-hmm. their fault. But now they're bouncing back. They're showing some signs of life. They're proving that they want to fight for it. They, they found the energy. Is this the, does that now force Hal to change his mind about what they'll do? Gordon, I'll get your answer when we return. <laughs> Hardesty and Damon till midnight on 98.7 ESPN. Missing Gio Rosella right now, aren't you, Gordon? You know, I don't want to sound like just complaints all the time. What does Tyler Wade do well? Usually, well, a, a, usually a guy in his position, right? Like utility guy. He can play. A, he, he can play defense. He does have speed, but he can play defense. He's kind of like a Swiss Army knife. It almost feels like sometimes, like the Yankees have called up five guys I've never heard of before this week, and yet somehow Tyler Wade is still the worst guy on the team. Yeah. You got to make that play. Got to make that play. Got to make that play. You know, I will say this. Floreal's got a pretty good arm, Gordon. He does. For not really being, like, they seem like there was some confusion, and that's not the first time in this series that there's been some confusion between uh, center and and, and right. Uh, He didn't really have any momentum going towards the plate, but still – made a strong and accurate throw that just missed um, getting Verdugo at the plate. Yeah, so uh, so the game is tied Wonder. as the, as the uh, Red Sox continue to bat in the seventh. And uh, Every inflection in your voice, because I'm behind you on DirecTV, and my, my TV just went, I don't know, it just went haywire there. For so a did second. mine. That's what that was. Oh, the okay. Inflection. That's why you did that. All right. I, I got a. I, I got every color of the rainbow. Yes, exactly. Yes. On my TV. Maybe maybe that was some sort of bizarre Yes app ad. It may have been, but but it, it was. This the didn't final happen out. on the Yes app. Watch <laughs> on the Yes app. <laughs> oh, Subtle, here's the replay. Right? Okay. Yeah, here's we got to see the replay on this because this yeah. was it was a grounder in the infield. It looked like a routine play, but then all of a sudden it was like um, yes, and they rainbow. threw home. Okay. Why did he uh, home? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, but he got anyway. him, though. I yeah. guess he wouldn't have gotten him at first because, uh, well, who was the runner? He must have been pretty fast at first. I don't know why 
He would. It looked like a routine ground ball. Yeah. I'll have to go back on my little uh, DVR thing here. Let me watch yeah. that again. That was that very strange play. Yeah. Like and a very Devers? strange angle. It was like something happened with a camera <laughs> that they usually use. Okay, it was a slow roller. Mm, I don't know. Would he have gotten him at first? He probably would not. Let me watch it a little bit from before this. Gordon doing this is what makes Empire's us the replay. fifth and fourth best hosts on the station. Yeah, we've got to talk about that. We've got to talk about that. Yeah, I don't know if he would have got him at home. Uh, at first. He wouldn't, I don't think he would have got him at first. That's why he went home. And I think it was actually Odor that yelled to Glaber because Glaber was playing on, on the second base side mm-hmm. of the bag for the shift to throw home. And they did get the runner at home, and that was the final out of the inning, keeping it a 1-1 game. So there good. you go. All right, good. Now, before we talk about – Four and five. Let's talk a little bit about what you were. The, the question I mentioned to you: Do you think that if they make a run here and they narrow the gap, would Hal say, "You know what? I know what I said, but let's go for it"? No, I don't. Okay. Right. Just the the reason why. Remember back when Hal came out and talked. Mm-hmm. He said, well, you know, somebody said, "Would you be willing to exceed the luxury tax threshold?" And he presented this all these different little parts of it. And he said, if all these things happened, if they brought me the right player, if the team was in striking distance, if we could do something to make a trade with the other team, I would consider it. Like if that's all that has to happen for you to consider it, you're not really going to consider it. I mean, how often does it happen? Like the perfect player comes along, the perfect deal comes along, the perfect situation comes along. Because that's the way he presented it. Like, it has to be all of these things that are just mm-hmm. lined up perfectly, and then we'll consider it. And in fairness, you know, as a billion-dollar organization, this has been the plan. I disagree with the plan. I think it's a terrible plan, and it's not a plan that the Yankees, the New York Yankees, should ever really be having if you're all about winning and championships and the chase for 28 and all, this, all these different things. But they've made it clear. They've made it as crystal clear as they possibly can that they are not adding a dime more of payroll, uh, and they are staying on. That is their number one goal, come hell or high water, and I think that 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 is not going to change. Yeah, well, you might be right. You might be. Listen, right now you are right (laughs) because you look at the team that's on the field, even with the injuries, they haven't gone out to make any adjustments. They've called up, you know, folks from the minors, and they've, proven themselves to be pretty good and you wonder why didn't they call them up before and if they were struggling in the minors and they're just like well you know we have to call them up rather than try to get somebody it's it's a weird transaction list for the yankees it just is it makes no sense absolutely it makes no sense and 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 another thing is is even when the yankees were good the previous few years they didn't make trades at the deadline even then yeah you know, the price was too high. We didn't want to give up on the prospects. Brian Cash, maybe we want to win championships, not championship. So uh, I would be surprised if this is the year where all of a sudden they're going to, you know, break the bank. Now, the only thing I will say is Brian Cashman and the Yankees organization, I know people won't think this, but they are a smart organization. So I'm not an expert on the luxury tax threshold. Mm -hmm. Maybe there is some way that they can remove payroll and bring in payroll and they kind of stay at the same point. Mm Mm-hmm. So I guess that's possible, right? We're deep into the season, so even guys who are established players, the percentage of their contract that you're still going to pay them is is greatly reduced than when you would have been before the season. So I guess that is a possibility, but all the numbers that I have looked at, 
it seems like they are scraping right up against the luxury yeah. tax threshold. So it doesn't leave them a whole lot of wiggle room. So maybe there is some, you know, tricks behind the scenes that they can pull to to kind of give themselves a little bit more wiggle room. And maybe there is some guy out there who's an established star who's not making a lot of money and they'll trade away money and bring in money. But I just don't see any big splashes coming. I would have thought that they would have happened by now. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and Yankee fans right now, like yourself, Gordon, hoping that Alavino can pitch to the Yankees like he pitched for the Yankees. Right. I mean, <laughs> can we have one time? I mean, for old time's sakes, Adam, come on, buddy. You grew up a Yankee fan. We could really use that right now. What are your thoughts of uh, Nelson Cruz coming to Tampa? Yeah, it's it's frustrating. I mean, the, the Tampa Bay Rays are the team. I mean, the team that, that's adding – Payroll, payroll and adding a big time <laughs> bat and the Yankees have been screaming out for a big time bat. Uh, and you take a look up and down the lineup and I'm sure it's just going to be a very frustrating week. I think we've got what, eight days to go before the mm-hmm. trade deadline. Mm-hmm. There's an expectation that the Mets are not just going to make a move, but I think there's almost an expectation. The Mets are going to make some moves, right? Maybe not. Yeah. It, maybe not the, the top end move, but they're going to attempt to solve several issues before yes. the trade deadline comes and goes. Uh, so you see that. You see teams in your division like the Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays are the guys who are adding a big-time player. So it's very frustrating, mm-hmm. especially – look, I didn't get into being a Yankee fan to, to cobble together a team to kind of hope that one of these years it kind of cl- – no, I expect champ- – when you become a Yankee fan, you do so because this is the team that wins titles. Yeah. So we're not used to, you know, piecing things together or all the – it's about – especially when you're in what you would think is the, the win-now mode, right? You, you've come close the last three years. You've been in the playoffs the last four years, I think it is. Mm-hmm. This, is suppo- this was supposed to be – and the window clearly is closing. Yes, yes. After this year, there's going to have yeah. to be a, a re-evaluation of who fits where and what goes where. So – uh, it's very frustrating. I mean, Nelson Cruz is is a big time bat. Uh, he's kind of under o- overlooked a lot of times, but you know he, he can def. He's not he's not coming into bunt. He's not coming no. in to play small ball. He's not coming nope. in to steal a base. He's coming to hit the ball over the wall. And um, the Rays are all in on that. So uh, that's a that's a big time addition and and getting a jump on it. Right? Don't wait until the trade deadline if there's a deal to be made. Because sometimes you get to the trade deadline and that day nothing really happens and the big it's trades true. happen. You know, two or three. It was almost like when The Sopranos was on the air. The last episode of the season was not really the big time episode. Sometimes it was the second to last episode where all the big things happen. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you got to make a trade a week before the trade deadline. So credit to the Rays. They are as good as anybody in terms of doing the business of baseball. So I'm sure that this, this move will turn out to pay major dividends for them. They have done a nice job. They, they really have to, to find a way to be very competitive, to play winning baseball at a very economical price. It's amazing. It's amazing what they do. And they do, they do it a lot through flexibility. You know, they, ha- they, can, they can attack you from any angle. You throw a lefty pitcher out there, they have their righty lineup. You throw a righty against them, they got their lefty lineup. They got guys who play multiple positions. They got guys who play multiple positions well. Mm-hmm. And they can always kind of shift things around. And, and they're almost like in, in the way that Bill Belichick when Belichick gets a guy, it doesn't matter what kind of team he has. He, he, he attacks through what the, the, the actual value of the team is, right? So if mm-hmm. he's got two tight ends, 
Those two tight ends, he's going to feature those two tight ends. If he's got Randy Moss down running, he's going to get Randy Moss. And Corey Dillon, when he had Corey Dillon, they were going to be running the ball more often. They always seem to be able to take whatever advantage they have and maximize it to their advantage. The, the, it feels like with the Yankees a lot of times, and I'm sure this happens with another, a lot of teams, you think that you have this great advantage, but it never really plays out that way. The Rays are the masters at being able to do that. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Hour number two. Thursday night edition of the show. Gordon very nervously watching Giancarlo Stanton up this, at that. This is the spot. This, this is what you brought him here for. This is the spot for Stanton, right? 1-1 one, one game, two guys yep. on. Come on. This is, you want to be, you know, the, the, the hero of the fans? Here's your shot, buddy. This is what you brought him here for. Big moments exactly. like this. Mm-hmm. This is where he earns his gazillion dollar contract. I'll be on the bandwagon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you know, kind of. Kind of earned it. Oh, I can't wait to see it thanks to DirecTV, but Larry, it's got to get back from space first. It's amazing. I'm living, I'm living like a caveman in 2021. I'm waiting for this signal to get back from the satellite in space. And there it is. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still behind. You can't still. There's no way. <laughs> I'm still. I'm, I got one and two. I just already. swung through a I've straight fastball. I'm like, what is Larry? Is, is he punking me? <laughs> I've seen it twice. I don't know. I got. I'm still waiting. Am I? Oh, you know what? I was behind because I went back and watched the replay before the oh, play. Okay. Ah, that's what happened. All, All right, right. Hit that live. makes more sense. Hit live. Sorry, Directv. That's my bad. Hit live. All well, right, not, here we go. Base hit. Off. Oh, my guy, Giancarlo. I always loved him, Larry. Always. Gordon's did. currently in the 10th inning of the Phillies game from last night. <laughs> We're not playing the Phillies tonight? No. Uh, well, you know, it's just so natural for me to always be behind because of this stupid direct TV. But I got yes. one more year of the Sunday ticket. Mm-hmm. And then, you For know, free, I would hope, with the ability to, <laughs> to rip they... that thing off the roof. <laughs> wow, do it with the... Sacrifice. Look at for a big the, inning. Oh, he's playing for a new. Con- I'm I'm waiting for a new contract extension for Rugi Odor. Listen, o- only only if it's the, under the same deal of this contract where you're not paying him. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the Rangers could sign him to another deal, and we'll take him. That, right. That's what you. They do. could also have. Uh, they could also have uh, a couple other guys on the team. If they want to have him. They can take him. You, you know, the highlight of this inning for me was watching. Uh, DJ LeMay, who's still a base. <laughs> hey. And it wasn't the throw wasn't close. Adavino, you know what? What happened to Adavino? The first year he was here, he was really good. He has Yankees. amazing stuff, and he's usually great against right-handed batters. I mean, he strikes out a ton of right-handed batters, which never made any sense. Why would you trade the guy who strikes out all the right-handed batters to a team in your division when you have nothing but right-handed batters? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. He, he definitely has his moments, and he definitely had some moments in the postseason that uh, it didn't feel like you could really trust him. But, look, that deal, it wasn't really a deal. It was we got to get under this number. He's the most expendable Again. guy we got, mm-hmm. and that's why he's uh, he's not pitching for the Yankees anymore. It's amazing. It's just amazing. The, the Yankees are playing. You know, uh, what did you did, did did the Met folks call you guys over the 
Well, look, I don't mind playing the small ball as long as the long ball follows. You know, for all the credit the Yankees have gotten here the last couple of days for for laying down bunts and stealing bases and all those type of things, Mm -hmm. uh, they also hit six home runs in those games. So that kind of is – and Glaber almost got one there, but another run, so the Yankees now have three one. There you go. You You didn't think I had that highlight this quickly, right? No. Still coming in on the Pony Express there for a little bit. Well, that's pretty good. At least now you're just ahead of the replay. <laughs> so you're, you're catching up. You're catching there we up. Go. You're doing good. So, Gordon, I was uh, doing some things around the house, cutting grass and doing stuff because today's the best day to cut grass because it was cool, no humidity, low humidity. Beautiful. So I was out there cutting. Oh, it was outstanding. And I come in, and I come in and sitting in front of the Michael K show because I always watch it. I am a, what we call in the business, AP1. And so I'm checking out the Michael K show, and Don is doing, Don LeGrec is doing one of his lists. Uh-huh. His top Every five day. lists. Love Every the day. list. He, he, he does a lot of work on these lists. Some of the things I'm like, how did he come up with that idea to do for a list? Okay. So, you know, and that's where he and, um, you know, he puts out a, 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 I used to go talk for a living. He puts out a, a specific topic, and Kay and Rosenberg try to figure out how to fill in the list. And it's who a great has. segment. It is. And, of course, the best part, I love it when he says, who are you taking out? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the best one. So today he was doing, surprisingly, which is the top five hosts on this station. And so I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm figuring, you know, Guys three of the spots. I'm, I'm figuring three of the spots are done right there. <laughs> you know, so who's the rest of us are fighting for the last right. two spots? Scraps. Exactly. Yeah, you know, we're just bigger. So they start out with number five, and here's what happened. Let me throw out Larry Hardesty. Yo, Larry Hardesty, tremendous pull. He's number five. Same old chance. That, that's the clip you got for him. That work, works his tail off. You can throw him in anywhere. He does the PSA stuff on Sundays for us. What's the name of that show, Anthony? New York Sports and Beyond. New York Sports and Beyond. He's filled it's in right on now, Jets. In, in, Tremendous in interviewer. Mall. Exceptionally underrated talent. I've got Larry Hardesty at five. In your All local right. mall, Peter, that's right next to Bed Bath & Beyond. I've heard of that. Yeah. He's so witty. Michael K is just a witty guy. He is. He He's is. just a witty guy. It and hurts so, Don's argument that he doesn't know the New York Sports & Beyond a little bit. Doesn't little it? Bit. I mean. Yeah, it does. It does a little bit. But Kinda look. too. Being on the list, I mean, five is but, still a, a an excellent spot. It is. It is. And Especially then, when you heard how upset Michael and Peter were that they weren't on the list. I know. And I it was wasn't surprised. the type of thing where Don decided to, well, it's the other shows that are available. No, he put those guys, they were available. They were available. And Don did not select the two guys that he works with every single day. Nor did he select himself. No. Well, at least that one's right. Like, if you're going to keep those guys out, that at least helps your argument, right? Exactly. I didn't pick myself. So why would I pick you? <laughs> <laughs> and we work together. If I'm not picking right. myself, I'm sure not I'm picking certainly you not picking you. Right. <laughs> and then, so I'm like, wow, I was number five. And I'm like, I wonder who's going to be four. What, could it be? Could it be? Could it be? But before we, I mean, I think people know it's going to be me. Could it be? But, but just listen to the way that Michael says my name. Tell me if this sounds like somebody who is a fan of yours or not. Listen to the, all right, play the cut because you have to hear just the, I don't even know the right term, the indignation that Michael has in his voice when he, when he comes across my name. 
We're looking for number four. I know who he's got at four, too, Peter. Well, Go I ahead. I know how this little mind works. Go Gordon ahead. Damer. That's a nice pull, Michael, and he's number four. Yeah. Oh, Lord. He used some bad language. Ah. Another guy known for ever. This is very, this very this underrated. Is, this list is snarky. Works more. Do you realize he works the, till midnight and then he's on the, uh, the morning show? That it, well, Who else does he, that? He's a psycho. Yes. That's for sure. And he's number but, four. So Larry Hardesty, five. Gordon Damer, four. Dave Rothenberg, three. Chris Carlin, two. Alan Hahn, number one. Okay, so so here's why he did that. He It was kind of less than thrilled. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I think he I'm on the laminated he was, list. He was. After hearing thrilled. that, the way he said my name... I'm worried that I might be on. I don't know why I would be on the laminated list. I haven't. I don't think I've done anything. But who mm-hmm. knows? It's, it's the laminated list is 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 in, it's kept you know close to the chest. To quote the late great Curly Howard, "You were a victim of circumstance. Maybe, because, but maybe not. No, I think it was because he wasn't on the list. Right, and there was one spot left." Right. Well, then, when he saw that that one spot went to me, he was re- he was already not happy. It would have, but it would have been. It wouldn't matter who it went to. Yeah, <laughs> was going to be Larry. happy if it I wasn't. No, nobody seemed to be of the to be uh, upset that much that you were on the list. When I my name came up on the list, my Peter's not happy. Michael's not happy. I don't know. I'm not no, feeling I, too I don't good. Think, don't take it personal. I'll try. Don't take your it was that you know I did not I was not listening at the time I go out for you know get a little exercise I've been trying to get like fifteen thousand steps a day I'm trying to do two hundred push-ups a day I'm doing what all these work. What, what are you training for the Olympics? What are you doing? I, look, it's an Olympic year. I got to be in shape for this stupid celebrity softball game. I can't oh, embarrass okay, myself like okay, so many like okay. Rothenberg has in the past or Ray Santiago has in the past. I gotta you know if I'm gonna point fingers at them and joke about them, I have to at least be will you know able to run from here to there without falling down so got you got you i was out and i'm you know i got the phone i'm listening to different podcasts this true crime thing here this guy did it that guy did. and i look and i see twitter and it seems like i have like you know several mentions yes so i say let me see what the notifications are and then eventually it, it came together and it was nice of all the k show listeners who are also uh, upset with the list to yes. tell me just how much they despise me as well so that was i had that going for me and then i got to hear now um, how Michael sounded. So everybody is in agreement that uh, they just, they do not like me. That's the main thing that I took from uh, today's list. But it was nice to be nominated. I've already it put was. it in my Twitter bio. I uh, I have it fourth ranked post on the station. And I think Larry, you and I should be flip flopped. You should be number four. I would be more than happy to be down at number five. But uh, I think we're we're a tag team. So I think that we're both we are tied for number four. Let's put it that way. You, no, but but what Don said puts you at four. That's very nice of him, but I, I'm no, saying no, what said, if no. I'm putting a list together, you and I, buddy, we are together. We are hand in hand. I, I appreciate that, and I agree with you, but I understand why, you know, midnight, 8 o'clock in the morning, I got it. Hey. <laughs> Weekend, I got it. I got it. <laughs> Believe me. I understand. <laughs> so, so, no, that's why. But, yeah, I, I agree with that. We, we're, we're tag team partners. We, you that's know, it. I got your together. back. Yes, and, absolutely. And I have yours, and always remember that. Thank you. Always remember. It's good that. to know you, you. You are on a team of one there, but <laughs> well, listen. <Apparently. laughs> just keep doing what you do best, bringing people together. That's what I'm about. That's, and now apparently, it. I'm on the list.
See, there you go. Because you brought people together. Uh, right. I'm on I'm on Don's list, but afar- unfortunately, I'm on Michael's list as well, apparently. So well, listen, I don't know. All I don't know who else. I got to contact the other people on the laminated list, maybe. that Maybe that's the way I got to go. I don't know. I'm telling you, with him not being on the list, we're, and, and we're all Everybody there. Was, yeah, we're all on the list now. And right? guess what? Exactly. Yep. Uh, some of us are on Peter's list, too. Oh, you just made the list. <laughs> yes, that's no, that, no question about that. <laughs> we're on his list also. 1-800-919-3776. We'll keep you updated with the Yankees. They're out of the bottom of the eighth. We move to the ninth. Cecil with a one-two-three inning. When's the last time you? When's the last time you said you heard the Yankee reliever do a one-two-three inning? Look, Sessa has moved up the circle of trust. I mean, come on. I mean, he's he's actually been pretty good. I can't complain. Listen, Sessa Sessa is running the circle. <laughs> Absolutely, he's absolutely, he's no. kicking guys out of the circle now. Exactly. Look, I've, I, he's like the guy who had to go through all the, the the hazing before, and now he's he's the guy running the hazing. Listen, he he's he's number one. He's not top five. No, <laughs> right no he's, he's number, number one, one in that absolutely. circle. He's running that circle. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety eight point seven ESPN.